1: We bless you. We worship you this morning, our Lord, our Master. We bless your name. We honor you, Jesus. Say, Hallow be your name. Glory to 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 your name, name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. We worship you bless you thank you thank you our Lord we have brought the we brought the sacrifices of praise and worship this morning to you we as we seek to enter into your gates we want to gain access access Lord Our offering is not just in the songs, but in the yieldedness of our hearts this morning. The brokenness, the meekness, the poverty of spirit. Thank you, Father, for we receive your presence. We receive the presence of your Son, Jesus our midst this morning. Oh, thank you for that sweet spirit, spirit of truth, which the world cannot receive, but which we have with us and in us. Thank you for his ministry to search out your depths this morning. I'm praying, Lord, for help, help, help. Help from heaven, help from heaven, Lord, to access the right frequency of your speaking today. I pray, Lord, that every heart, my God, will come into this blessing. I ask that no heart will be left behind, that the blessing for this morning, that you will find every heart. I ask for breakthrough in understanding, for breakthrough in light, comprehension, comprehension at a high level. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh thank you. Thank you for these days of establishment to for you seek to establish us in in the present truth, the present truth which has come to us by mercy. Father, we are trying to uh, have diligence to to have every dimension, every provision. Father, made appropriated within our soul. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus by which we have made purchase into this dispensation of the spirit. Thank you for giving every heart the strength Lord. The strength to buy into this table into this communion thank you for the strength daily for sacrifices strength daily Lord to make to rise and to make covenant not to shy away from the weight of these words but the grace Lord to yield to them and to yield to the spirit thank you no it's not by power not by mind but it's by your spirit thank you Lord Jesus bless your holy name We give you glory, worship you. I ask you to use my vessel this morning as your own instrument. And don't let me speak my own words, my Father. But come and use my vessel as your channel to minister your heart. To let the blessing today be the blessing of your very heart. That your heart will touch our own hearts. Thank you for the the release of more of the the unction of the Spirit, even the anointing of the Spirit, that which equips us and garrisons our heart and our lives against the seduction of the world and against the things out there. Thank you for there shall be a release of that Spirit. Father, this morning, we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good morning to everybody. Thank you. Praise God. Please just say um, good morning to someone beside you. Say that I'm happy to see you today. I'm glad that you're here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's open our Bibles. Amen. first john Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Glory to God.
2: Hallelujah. So that you break the at break at the top, at the at the a the at the
1: the a the
2: kommt to talk express the to talk come to talk come to talk come 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 Cat caught kid called Kalimica F Kenmo EQ may call me, call me, call me, call me, come if come if ye may come, if ye may come, if ye may come, if ye may come me, come, we've come, we've come, we've come to talk, we've come to talk, we have come to talk, we have come to write on the tablet of art, we have come to write on the tablet of, of art, we have come to write on the tablet of art, and we are even taking away Stoniata. We are taking away Stonia that we may write upon that, That we may write upon us, We may write upon us. I have given you my son a mouth. I have given you a mouth. I have given you a mouth to pour forth my anointment. To pour for my anointing. To pour for the ointment of me. To pour forth the ointment of me. To pour for the ointment of, of me. For they are mysteries. They are my 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 mysteries, they are my mysteries. They are my mysteries. They are my mysteries. We've come to talk. We've come to talk mystery things. We've come to talk tronic things. We've come to talk tronic things. We've come to talk tronic things. We've come to say tronic things. We've come to write tronic things. We've come to write tronic things. We've come to write tronic things. Be children in your hearts. Be children in your hearts. Be children in your your mouths. Be not men, be not men, be not people that have been raised of this world in your heart, but be children, subject to me and leave, subject to me and leave. Believe me and leave. You believe in God, believe also in me, I say, for these strong things I have come to talk. I have given you a mouth for to talk, for to pour forth my anointment, for to pour forth my anointment, says the Spirit. Praise God.
1: Hallelujah first John first John chapter chapter 2 praise God thank you amen <clears throat> thank you Jesus first um, John 2 verse verse 20 praise the Lord hallelujah if you are there say amen. Amen. First John 2 20 says that, but ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things, praise God. And I have not written I've not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it and the and no lies what? And no lies of the truth, praise God. So you understand that when he says you know the truth, he's not saying you know everything necessarily that pertains to the truth. That He's saying that you have gained access to knowledge of the truth. And what he's coming to teach them is more, more uh, to add to their, to their access or to their knowledge, praise God, of the truth so, what he's just saying is that these things which we are speaking concerning are things that actually pertain to people who have gained access into the the knowledge of truth. Praise God, and we see that truth the knowledge of truth begins from Christ that knowing Christ is the first truth that a person will know, so these people, when he says they know the truth is because I believe that they must have been um, gained some establishment in the doctrine of Christ. And so anybody who has gained stature in the doctrine of Christ has some measure of stature in truth. And So verse 22, he says, But who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, and that he is an antichrist that then denieth the word, the Father and the what and the son So he is an antichrist that denieth the what? the Father and the son praise God uh, we, I think on Wednesday we were looking at this subject of, of lies right uh, who is a liar uh, a liar is not someone who just said uh, he said it is a when it is b that a liar is somebody who has the who has the who is able to project something that is not of the truth, or something that is outside the, the circumference of the truth. And you see, so lying spiritually, actually, they are something that has the ability to lie is a, a stature, is a nature, actually, is a the lying nature, praise God, which the devil um, created, and is he bent on installing in, in man. Praise the Lord. Now, who is the liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? So, a person who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Um, now, John says some, a lot of things here that if you're, if you're not careful, you can just easily just summarize them. There's a way, John's epistle, both his epistle and his gospel, in a sense, you could call them the most the easiest to read. Uh, myself, if someone just gets born again, for example, and I say, well, I want to read the Bible, maybe they've never read the Bible before, right? I would say, okay, don't read, don't start from Genesis, don't go there, or Exodus, you, will, you might lose your faith. <coughs> don't go to those books, praise God, when you begin to see God talking about killing people and all of those things. So I would just say, go and read John. Right, because John is there's a way John writes is accessible, by, is accessible at different levels, and that's one of the, one of the, the greatest attribute of wisdom. Is uh, the work that is done in wisdom is it's able to, to give accessibility, at different levels. Praise the Lord. Um, when one of the things the Lord told me, the Lord told me that if one of the, the signs that you are, a, you are really a teacher of the word, is that you must be an expert at teaching the milk of the word. That anybody who cannot teach the milk of the word is not a minister of the gospel. <laughs> so even though you can you know sometimes you can know, know deep revelations and all that, but there's something about the, the, the proof that your wisdom is peaking. Is when you can take complexity and bring and and clothe it with simplicity. Because that's the way God is, right? That's the way God is. God is the master at taking complexity and then clothing it with simplicity. And then the simple will come and say, wow, this thing ministers to me. This is all it is. Because God cares about the little person. Praise God. And that's the way it is with what it was with John. John was the when it comes to wisdom of delivery, um, I think he was probably the most skilled um, out of all the apostles. I think he was even more skilled than Paul. Paul was awesome. But the, Paul, he praised the Lord. There are some places, Paul's writing that if you can't give to a baby. A baby might get discouraged <laughs> the way he sounds sometimes, but but John was totally different, right? He was different in his gospel and in the, his Epistle. So that's why we have to then be more careful when those people to who this, the, the, the mystery of John pertains. We have to be more careful when we read him because there's a way you can read the simplicity and miss the depth. Amen. So... So when he says, who's the liar but he that denied Jesus is the Christ, what he's saying is not just saying that someone who says Jesus is not Christ. It's more than that. Um, These things pertain to the soul. So this denial of Jesus being the Christ is a denial of the Christhood of Jesus within the soul. So it is the, when someone can say, I deny it, but they don't deny it. They just said, I deny it to get you offended. It's possible. Do you, you get what I'm saying? That someone can say, no, there is no God, but he knows there is a God inside the depth of his heart. But when he knows you are trying to prove to him that there is a God, and he's not willing to submit to you, it's not, it has nothing to do with God. It has to do with not wanting to agree and allow you to win that argument. He can say, no, there is no God. So God doesn't look at that. It's not what a man says. That matters. Praise the Lord. So it's not what a man would, says that matters. What God looks at, men look on the outward, but God looks at where? The inward. He looks at the heart. So so these are all heart conversations that there is a heart that can deny that Jesus is the Christ. And that heart could be a Christian. Now, somebody who is ignorant about Christ, let's say he has knows nothing about the doctrine of Christ, such a person, um, he doesn't. He is hard to place such a soul in one place or the other. Is he a denier of Christ, or is he not a denier of Christ? You cannot know because Christ has not been exposed to them. Do you get what I'm saying? But these people who they call deniers are people who they, you cannot deny something unless there has been some kind of a revelation of that thing. And to deny means you do not allow it. You do not allow it. You do not allow Jesus, the, the Christ expression of Jesus, to take place on the inside of a soul. Praise God. And so such souls... Um, such people, um, what works out such thing is in a person is as a result of the cooperation with a spirit that is against Christ. There is a spirit that is against Christ. It's not just against Christ existing because it does, it's not troubled about the general existence of Christ because he can do nothing about that. But the fight, the war here, are you getting what I'm saying? So, so God is not affected or God is not threatened by somebody saying, God, you are not there. Christ, you are not there. You don't exist. That's not a problem. God will not write epistle about that problem because it's not a problem. You, you know what I mean? Like that doesn't affect his program. But uh, this is written concerning how their existence gets appropriated within the souls of people. So he that denied Jesus as a Christ is a person who denies the expression of Christ, not out of ignorance, but knowing things about Christ, maybe knowing his savoir, the way, what he's coming for, what his objective is within the soul, then his soul can look at that and say, ah, no, 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 I'm going to deny this expression. Do you see what I'm saying? So, so this denying that Jesus is the Christ is actually denying the formation of Christ in the soul. When a person denies the formation of Christ in the soul, that person is a liar. Praise the Lord. That person is what? A liar. And so that person, that certain attitude is what we call, that's what the spirit of the Antichrist is walking out within. So after a person denies the Christ, then they will have strength to later deny the Father and what? And the Son. Praise the Lord. Verse 23 says that whosoever denieth the Son, that the same has not the Father, and he that acknowledgeth the Son, now, he that acknowledgeth the Son, has the Father also. So you see what I just explained. You see that same thing here. There. They are, they are mixing up the concept of denying with having. So it's very clear that denying is not that someone has said, no, you are not there, I deny you. It is talking about this denying them a place in you. That's the denial. Denying them what? A place in you. So it says, whosoever denied the son, that the same person hath not the father. So this denying has to do with having. So in other words, if you don't have the son, you won't have the father. So why you don't have the son means if you deny the son, what will happen? You will not what? Have the father. Is that very clear to you? So anytime, if you read John, you will see he has that tone of saying, he who denies, he who says this. He's not just talking about saying, he's talking about a heart. His soul being open to such things. Now, whosoever denied the Son, the same hath not the Father, uh, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Word. Father, uh, this acknowledged is also receiving. In the Book of Colossians, chapter two, to the acknowledgement of the, that your heart being knit together in love unto a full word. A sh- acknowledgement, praise a lot of the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of what the Father and of Christ. So the acknowledgement. Of the mystery means the the receiving of this ministry, this mystery. Praise God! Did you see that? Let's let's really qu- quickly read that, place In in Colossians, praise God! Thank you, Jesus. Colossians chapter chapter two. Colossians two verse one. It says, "For I would that ye knew what great conflict I had." I have for you and for them at Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of who Christ, the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom I hid all the treasures of what? Of wisdom and of knowledge. Praise the Lord. So this acknowledgement of the mystery is not just acknowledging and saying, okay, I know you are there, right? The acknowledgement is talking about the acknowledgement of the soul, the way a person's mind can acknowledge something, a thought, your mind can acknowledge a thought. I tell you something. Oh, do you acknowledge the receipt of it? Yeah, I received it. Okay. It's an acknowledgement. But you're acknowledging a thought. Right? But it's what you call the acknowledgement of persons. That's what they are speaking of here. Not just of thought, but the acknowledgement of persons. So they ask, Did you, have you received that person? I've received him. That's the acknowledgement they are speaking of here. Not just knowing about them. Not saying, oh, they exist, but this acknowledgement of their mystery. The acknowledgement of the mystery because they are mysteries that have to be unraveled. They are, they are persons who are mysterious. Praise God. So, so God is not just like a mystery that's written down on a paper. Do you know it or not? God is actually a being in the spirit who is a mystery. Who The way you acknowledge the mystery is not by reading a paper, it's by reading a being. As you, are read, as you are reading the being, his mystery is being unraveled to you. As his mystery is being demystified to you, your soul is comprehending him. And then you are what? You are receiving him. So the acknowledgement of spiritual mystery of these persons is actually the same thing as the receiving of them. The receiving of their person and of their essence. So whosoever denied the son, the same hath not the father... And he that acknowledgeth the Son has the Father also. Now let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. That if that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, then ye also shall continue in the Son. And where? In the Father. ye shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us even eternal life. Now, verse 26: These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which you have received of him abided in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it had taught you, then you shall abide in him. Praise God. It's very clear that this anointing in verse 27 is the same unction in verse 20, where he says that, but you have an unction from the Holy One. So this unction that makes you know all things in verse 20 is the same anointing in verse 27, which it says that it will teach you, but the same anointing in verse 27. It teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie, even and even as it hath what, taught you according to his teaching that you shall do what? Abide in him. Praise God. Now this teacheth of all things. Now what God, what they call all things of the anointing are not everything that exists. Praise God. It's not everything that exists that it calls all things of the anointing. All things. All things. Say all things. Second Corinthians 5 verse 17, that if any man be in Christ that he is a new creation. Right? All things are passed away. And then what happened? All things. Now that all things, is it everything in the world that became new? No. Not everything in the world became new. But when he speaks about all things, they are actually things that pertain to the world of, of that birth. Where are you born into? If any man be in Christ, you're talking about in Christ. If you are in Christ, then what happened is a new creation. All things are passed away. All things are become new. Next verse, all things are of God. So those, all things of God are those things that are in Christ. Do you see that? So this word of all things, they are thinking about actually they are all things, but they are particular. Behold, I make all things new. Do you, do you remember that? I make all things new. Now, is it all things? Will the devil be made new? And his angels, will they be made new? So it's very clear that those all things are not talking about everything there is. But those are Holy Ghost language, right? It's talking about all things are of God all things that have become new are, are things that are in Christ. So it's very clear, that Christ is just the, a, Christ is a world. He's a world of all things. Right? He's a world, he's a, Christ is actually a world, Is an access by man. Christ is the environment in which God and man can co-exist and cooperate. When you take God and man outside Christ, they are, they move into an irreconcilable separation. The gap that, you want, if once you move them out, you can't find them. You can't, there's no sphere where they come, you can trap them together. Because God is too far away from man, it's unreconcilable. Nothing can, when you try, take a thought from man's realm and you want to travel towards God, after a while it will disappear that that thought no longer exists anymore. Same thing, when a thought is coming from God towards man, after a while it no longer exists because it cannot travel. Praise the Lord. What is the meaning of as far as the heaven is from here? How many of you know that distance? Have you measured it before? Do you know how far it is? And I don't believe that heaven, of course, is not this present physical heaven. You're talking about the heaven where God is to where you are. So, there are many questions that I will ask. Okay, where does the physical translate? At what point does it change? Where does it, you, <laughs> Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That there is no, there is no way that man and God, because man, man is actually, man is trapped. We are trapped in the, we are trapped in, the, there is a bondage we are in. The Bible calls it the bondage of corruption. Praise the Lord. That thing called the bondage of corruption. The bondage of corruption did not exist in the creation at the beginning. Adam wasn't born into the bondage of corruption. When he was born, he wasn't subject to corruption. Praise God. Now, the problem with corruption is that once a thing is corruptible, corruption disqualifies a thing from dealings with God. When it's corruptible, if you want to completely just end your potential with God, just pick up corruption. Once you pick up corruption, everything in God will fight you. God's, God's life, it hates the corruptible. There's a, there's a hatred in God for anything that has a tendency to pass away. Anything that has a tendency to, to, you know, you know what makes things pass away and are corruptible is what is is debt, right? Lack of capacity. When something loses the forces created initially, God puts some things in the present. Amen. There's some things in the present that even though the present was still corruptible, amen, but the present was not under the bondage of corruption. They are not the same thing. Something can be corruptible still, but not under the bondage of corruption. (laughs) You get what I'm trying to say? For example, when somebody comes and says, okay, I have arrived at the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That stature... It is technically, that stature is not saved fully from corruption. But yet, it is not under the bondage of corruption. Praise the Lord. There are some things that that stature can do. Let me put it this way. There are some things from the world of corruption that can come against that stature and find a way to overcome it. That's why when a person comes into the stature of Christ, it's not enough. They are, you need to come into more. There's something called incorruptibility. So, incorruptible, when you journey from, you cannot journey from the bondage of corruption into incorruptibility. You must first what, come out of the bondage of corruption. First. Yes, yes. That is the, the work of, of Christ. is yes. to release you. It's a freedom. It's, they call it the law of the spirit of life in Christ. In Romans chapter 8. Right. Praise the Lord. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death so that law of sin and death anybody who is under the law of sin and death is under the bondage of corruption so setting you free made us free from the law of sin and death amen yeah. so setting you free from the law of sin and death means setting you free because from the bondage of corruption because the law of sin and death is the law that does what is the law that that can bring about corruption. It's sin and death. Make you sin so you can die. Sin to die. The wages of sin is death. Praise the Lord. Now when somebody is become free from the law of sin and death, there are higher laws than the law of sin and death as well. Amen. Amen. Does that make sense to you? Praise the Lord. So Christ... Is the Christ is the world. When when you a person comes into the the stature and the nature of Christ, praise the Lord. Such a person, you have moved, they've just moved you into an arena where you God can begin to relate with you. Praise the Lord. So that realm called Christ is the anything that pertains to Christ pertains, the, Christ is the environment for the conversation of God. Nobody can, I heard God, you didn't hear God. If you only hear God in, in Christ, only a Christ, somebody who has a stature of Christ formed in them can do what? Can hear God. Praise the Lord. And then for those of us who have been following the teachings, Wednesday, the, the Christ is the, Praise God. The realm of Christ is the beginning of truth. So anybody who hasn't heard Christ hasn't heard the truth. And so that truth um, has a spirit to it. The, the spirit of truth is the spirit um, which um, that spirit is the spirit which of baptism in Christ or the baptism in the, the baptizes the soul or immerses the soul into the world where you can have the conversation of God. So without that spirit of Christ, which is the same thing as the spirit of truth. Amen. Yes. Jesus said, I have many things to say unto you. You cannot bear them now. But how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, then that spirit will then guide you into all truth. So there's what you call all truth, which is the truth. The all truth is... Is the, the the things that are exist in the world of all things? Like all you see, all they use the word all, all, telling you that outside those things, nothing else matters. But there's something God has that defines all in God. So it is clear that the, the, the word all, when it says all to God, let's, let God say God, let's count the things. When God wants to count the things that he sees as all, they are things of two dimensions. Things of his own things. But there's another, another aspect which he created. It didn't exist before. It's another world of things which had not been since eternity past. Praise God. Before eternity past, all the things that matter to God were all his own personal things. But after a while, I said, okay, let us now create. Let us bring a creation, but not just an ordinary creation like the first creation, but rather a creation that will carry a department of our things or of truth. So a realm, Christ is a, is a realm of creation that contains truth as well. It's a very remarkable thing when you come into, when you, understand, when you gain the senses of the, of the scripture, and you have a sense of the laws that govern God and his existence and all of those things you know that for God to establish truth outside of himself is remarkable so that man called Christ Christ is a miracle Christ if you know what Christ is Christ is a Christ is mercy that there's something called a Christ is mercy of God that God it has allowed the most precious aspect of himself. That thing which angels look at. You know there's something angels see inside God. That they wow what a thing. I imagine angels just just being wowed and just taken by the by the truth nature that is in God. You know that you know that truth is a treasure. The treasure. When, when they look at the spirit, they see it in the spirit. They know they don't have it. They look at the spirit, they see truth in the spirit. In the spirit. When they, they look at, at the logos, the logos is also truth. They look at God, they see truth. Truth is like a treasure in the spirit. When you see truth, they look at truth, they say this thing. Ah! This thing is too. Why why is it so precious to them? They can see the the formation against corruption. They they see truth is something that has an an eternal ceiling to it. Truth is, is powerful against corruption, it's powerful against things that pass away. When things are. When when things are shaky, when you bring truth, truth has its own foundation. It is not shaken. It's not moved. When winds blow and everything has collapsed, truth is still standing. It's powerful. You know, men we don't even know what it is. You to take a lot of journey and journey to know what truth to begin to conceptualize something called truth. Truth, 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 truth has properties. Truth, for example, truth abides forever. Just, and that is not a trivial thing. This, this one abides forever; it can abide, it can stand. When you look around, you can't find anything that can say so nothing can be done against the truth. But for the truth, when you're trying to fight it, you now realize, later, later, later on, that you've been working for it this whole time. That that truth is powerful. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And and truth, truth has a signature. It's truth means any message that comes out of the true one. Like you can't... Truth is powerful. Like the message of truth means everything that God has, God has released. He has caused to come out of himself. When you look at truth and you open truth and you begin to study... <laughs> praise God. <laughs> I'm trying to use English to describe something deeply spiritual. But the Lord will, will impart the understanding. When, when, you, when you study truth... Let's say this is a truth that just landed from God. They just, okay, this is one volume of truth. And you just, wow, let's see. Let's find out about this thing. When you study truth, you flip the pages of truth. You, then you gather all the senses of creation and study truth. You will not find a fault in it. Praise the Lord. You will not do what? You will not find a fault. You will not find a fault in truth. Amen. Amen. So, and the reason is because it came out of truth, is that which came out of him that is true, God. is true. That word him that is true is not that Jesus he has practiced how not to lie for a long time. And it became true. No, no, no. That that he is actually true means true means that he is the thing everything else is defined relative to him do you get what i'm trying to say that he is the he is the standard he is the he is the truth he he's true true the one true god are you getting what i'm trying to say the one true god the only the only true god praise the lord and I said, truth is anything that proceeds out of him. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, so let's read that verse 27 again. It says that the anointing which you have received of him um, abideth in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things. So these are the things which the anointing teaches. And it's truth. So the anointing is called, the anointing that teaches, which you have received of him, that teaches you of all things, is an anointing that is truth and is no lie. And then even as it has taught you, you shall abide. So the purpose of the truth is to bring you to also abide. Abide there doesn't just mean where you are staying. To abide means to stay in such a way that it's very difficult to move you out again. That you are abiding. So, the, the, so you see abiding there, verse 27. Then verse 26, he speaks about seduction, right? said, so these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Now what, is, what are they seducing you from? That they are seducing you from what? From abiding. So seduction is the is the walk? Is the assault against abiding? You want to stay. Something will come and say, "Okay, let's try and make you not stay. Let's do something that will make you always tend to come out. That will always tend to want to come out of where of that place." Praise God! You know, and of course, Christ is the purpose of Christ is to create. Christ is the first kind of ownership because it's a law. You cannot, God cannot give Himself to something that's not His own. So God will not come to Satan's kingdom, Satan's house, and then be t- talking to Satan's children and say, "Look, you know something? This is your Satan is a bad guy." Come, He wouldn't do that. You first bring, you, you created a world first that you can by yourself voluntarily travel out of. That is his own still. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So so Christ, um, the abiding begins from Christ. But Christ is not the ultimate realm of abode for the soul. Actually, God is the refuge for every soul. But for God to begin to minister himself to you, he has to find you have to come into the first place of ownership. A, how, Christ is the first house of God. Praise the Lord. Is the word? Christ is the word, the first house of God. Which is the house that souls come into so that they can be, now be exposed to the knowledge of who? Of the Father. Praise the Lord. Now, but there is a the, there's a great war against such a thing. Um, it's, what, it's what you summarize as um, seduction, seduction of the animal. Now, what I just want us to see here is we can unravel a bit. more. Well, we've been trying to look at it. We've been looking at it. But a little more, I want us to, to look more at the, the, the mechanism of seduction. And this, not just seduction, but let's look at, at souls, praise the Lord, Amen. So souls can be pulled. We know that's very, very clear to us, right? Soul can be pulled either one way or another, right? A soul can, um, depending on what you bring around the soul, when you bring things around the soul, we're talking about this, right? When you bring things around the soul, uh, the soul is not normal for a soul to be just where it is. When things come around the soul, that things tend to have an impact. Praise the Lord. And then the reason for that impact is because of the, when there is an overload of, or, of spirit, when there is a, a presence of spiritual, um, what they call it here, like unction. They call it anointing. But it's also what you call spirit. Praise the Lord. Say spirit. 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 Spirit is the, Spirit is, what is spirit? Spirit is just simple. Spirit is what soul is designed to answer to. What soul? The only thing that can call soul is spirit. So if you don't bring, if you don't add spirit to it, you will not be able to get the attention of the soul. Because the soul is just, it takes, it's how much spirit is there? And say, okay, this is by this much can you have what? An impact on the soul. Praise the Lord. Say spirit. 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 Say spirit. spirit. Praise the Lord. So, so it's very clear. Spirit is not, um, there are some things that spirit is not. Spirit is not, um, say spirit, spirit, spirit. Spirit here, I'm not talking about the person of the Holy Ghost. Now, am I, I'm not talking about the um, persons of demons or angels, all those things we know. Those are spirit, those are you can call them spirits, um, but they are spiritual entities. Right? Now, what make them spiritual entities? Because they are naturally spiritual. Do you get that? Because they are what? They are, naturally, they are naturally spiritual. So by naturally spiritual, I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about their spirit man. I'm talking about soul. Not every soul is naturally spiritual. The soul of angels are naturally spiritual. But the soul of man is not. The soul of man is naturally terrestrial. When you go back to just the, the nature, the, the state that man is. The soul is not naturally spiritual, but the soul has a—it has an affinity for the word, for the spiritual. When the soul has drunk all the spirit from something, it doesn't like it anymore. Just put it aside. What's the next thing? A phrase God. You've, you've removed all the spirit from it, then it's not it's not sweet to the soul anymore, because there's nothing. It doesn't. It has no off, spiritual offering. You have no spiritual offering to the soul, so the soul doesn't really doesn't doesn't like so. So the soul is a drinker of spirit, right? The soul is a what? Is a is a consumer of spirit, and God did it that way. God's His desire is to fill that soul with His own spirit. That's what God wanted to do. He is a massive vessel. the The soul is a massive vessel that is constantly hungry for spiritual feeling. He wants the soul wants spirit, constantly. Unlike animals, don't care about spirit. They don't even they are dead to it. Amen. They are dead. They just they are ways of the earth, of the ground. They just they don't care about spiritual things. But man is different. Praise the Lord. So. So this thing, called spirit, like I said, it's not just those spiritual entities, those spiritual beings, but rather we're talking about the thing that makes them spiritual. Do you understand what I'm saying? The thing that makes them spiritual is, a, is spirit, is, is um, praise God. They, here they call it unction, then they call it anointing. Unction anointing, unction, and then what? Anointing. Is a spirit is almost like it's a wearing. You can say it's like almost like a wearing. Um, then it's also is also the spirit is that which can that which can that that which can carry the dissolution of is of spiritual substances. Sorry, um but, <laughs> praise God. Now so a spirit is the a spirit is the solvent of properties of natures. That's what that's what spirit is the solvent of what? Properties of nature. So if Nature cannot travel without spirit. Spirit is what conveys in nature. Do you get what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. Beings being spirit. I'm talking about the essence of the spiritual thing called spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. Like God has his own. Now, Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. So the now, so the spirit as um, um, so the, so spirit is can be can be a deposit on the inside of a person, and then and then spirit which forms the na- nature. Aha. Uh-huh. And then spirit is also the facilitator of the of I can call it the reaction of also nature properties as well. So if you bring things pertaining to a nature without the spirit, they cannot sit in a way that it works. Do you get what I'm saying? It is, cannot sit. That's, why, that's why the law was almost useless, because the law, even though even in the law you have properties of things that could be useful, but when you try to put them inside a person, they cannot stay in a walking way. They were not walking. They were not walking because they didn't, it wasn't received by spirit. Right? It was the it spirit that has the wisdom of the organization of those things. Praise God. Um, so this um, seduction of the world is uh, also a seduction of... Um, the, in verse 22, if you go, let's go to verse 22 very quickly. Praise the Lord. So who is a liar but he that denied that Jesus is the Christ and he is the Antichrist. He an, uh, is Antichrist that denieth the word, the Father and the Son. Praise the Lord. Now, this Antichrist that denied the Father and the Son, let's see in... Oh, sorry, I went to Peter. Let's see, verse chapter four. Praise God. Let's just stay on this topic for for a bit. Amen. Amen. First John chapter four. From let's read from verse one. It says that, "Behold, believe not every spirit, right? But try the spirits. Now, these spirits, they are also, they are like small letter s, right?" It's Believe not, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So it's not saying, believe not every prophet, right, whether they are of God. You know, you could have easily said that if it's about false prophets. But it's just telling that actually prophets are peddlers of spirit. Yes. Yes. Right. To yes, so, prophet, when you say somebody is a prophet, Prophet is a person. A prophet is a, someone who can give spirit. Anybody who can give spirit. What's a spirit? Spirit is that which is carrying properties, nature, traveling from another entity to another entity. Anybody who can cause such a thing to occur is, prof, is a prophet. That's who a prophet is. Amen. That, that was when it spoke about the law and the prophet. They separated law from prophets. Even though the prophets, they are both hewn from the Old Testament. But when you say the law and the prophets, the prophets were different from just the, the giving of the law. In that the prophets, they had the spirit of the law. The spirit, so in very clear the spirit of the things in the law, God separated it from the law itself. And say, so okay, let this spirit be operational but we're not going to give it to the people. God never gave the spirit of the law to the people. He gave the law to the people without the spirit of the law. And then he gave, the, he gave the privilege of setting, maybe from a generation, he can pick one or two or three, and say, you, I will give you the spirit of the law. And there's nothing that that prophet can do. He cannot lay hands to give it. He cannot say, okay, I'm going to take off this spirit God gave me and you. You don't know, it's just, it's just according to divine providence. God who gave men in different times, like Isaiah and co. Some Samuel, we gave him the, what, the spirit of the law. It's the same law, but the spirit of it. thats The spirit of it, what makes it work? What makes so? God said, okay, I want to lead you as a nation by the law. So, I don't know if you ever got a sense from something in the Old Testament that it seems that though in the Old Testament, it seems as if the law worked on a collective level, but not on an individual level. I don't know if you ever noticed that before. And when you think of Israel as a nation, you see God powerful in action. But when you look at an average individual Jew, most of the time, there are nothing to write home about. Praise the Lord. And, they, and all of them, they continue sinning constantly, and every year they have need to bring offering and sacrifices because, it's a sure banker they are going to sin. They don't serve. They know, so they just constantly bring, bring. You. But well, when you look at the, the, the operation of the law with the nation, on a collective, and that thing was always tied to a prophet in their midst. Do you get what I'm saying? So, so, so God beginning from Moses. Moses was himself a prophet. He was actually a, one of the great prophets, right? All their fathers were all prophets. Moses himself came, became a prophet. Joshua himself was a prophet. Amen. So, so, so prophecy, so the nature of prophecy is actually the, the nature, that's what they call the, the, in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, they call it the Spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the Spirit of prophecy. The Spirit of prophecy, the Spirit of so if the Spirit of prophecy, the Spirit of prophecy is the the Spirit of prophecy is the is the one that is what makes the testament effective, right? The, is the uh, the Spirit of a test uh, of te- is what lifts the content of the testament. And can take that in and then give it to his soul, yes. that a soul cannot have what is in a testament without the spirit of it. Yes. Do you get what I'm saying? It takes you need you need to, It can be there before the soul, but the soul will not even it won't pay attention to it. It means nothing to him. But let the spirit of it come; it, it will lift it up and begin to what. So, so the real so the the, the whole idea of, of, of giving testimony to Saul, it wasn't completely, completely foreign before. It's just that there were select people who came into such dealings. Someone like David broke into prophecy, right? David just was a shepherd boy, a regular Israelite, an individual Israelite, but ended up becoming what? A, an inheritor of spirit. Praise God. It's not, it's not every, in Israelite is that, oh, behold, Zephaniah, my servant, my anointed, oil. have I anointed him, and all that. Every natural person, the average Israelite, didn't carry an anointing. But someone like David was able to rise. For him to come into the stature, the position he had with God, God had to do what? To anoint him with what? Give him the spirit. When only spirit came upon David, he began to think differently. Ah, oh, okay, all these things. He began to find difference between the the between the ordinances explicitly written in the law and what God is a sense. He developed spirit gives sense. You just have a sense, a different sense, right? Something they can give you a letter. You, just, or you, are, you are limited to what is explicitly said, but you won't gain the sense from where those things came from. Spirit is what gives you the sense behind the letter. And that's what David came. David then found, okay, wow, these things. So when God says, bring sacrifice, he said, no, these things, you don't really have pleasure in them. Who taught David that? It's the Spirit. The Spirit that wrote, bring sacrifices, bring bulls, bring goats. Then when David came into the anointing, and he began to fellowship with the nature from where those things came. Then he began to, ah, oh, wow, it's not really about bulls and goats and all of that. It's actually about heart. It's actually heart that God's received. This is really the sacrifices of God. They are a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Only spirit. If you tell Israel, write it in the law, 10 commandments, commandment 11, thou must have a broken heart. <laughs> Praise God. They will, say, they will say, Moses, I have a question. So, I understand everything you said. But what does this thing mean? Broken heart. Do you need somehow, maybe a knife or something? To, I'm just trying to picture the kind of question Israelites can have about brokenness. You can't teach brokenness. That mean, means nothing to a, a person who doesn't have spiritual education. It's hard to teach about brokenness of heart as a valuable commodity to a natural person who doesn't know, he wouldn't know what that thing means. The, The interpretation of meaning of, for the soul to journey to sight brokenness as a vast, mighty commodity in the spirit. You need spirit to do that. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So I just want to tell you that in the Old Testament, those things... Um, were there with certain men, they could, had they had spirit, they could use spirit. But in the New Testament is different. That in the New Testament is when God now brought an order that, in fact, I'm going to bring in, create a new nation. But this nation, each man will have his own court of the spirit. You have your own. You'll be that each person is a is a, is a user of spirit each person actually what actually makes you an effective member of of God's of the new testament house of God is actually your allocation of spirit when you got born again that's the first thing oh yeah take it take your own each person you have an if you say okay i don't like this spiritual something we don't really our own place in our own, we are intellectuals. You know, my great grand uncle was a professor. So we don't vibe in that spiritual way. Ours is different. Just give us, just write it out and give it to us. Let's go. We'll study it. They say no. Our own way of access is different. We just we study. When we study, then we come. They say no. I'm so sorry. Spirit, 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 spirit. When you don't have spirit, they disqualify you. This one is disqualified. When it comes to God's own house, His kingdom, His family, the first thing is spirit. That's the first sieve. No spirit, not qualified. Then, from and you know, you know, getting filled with the Holy Ghost is just the beginning. That's when you don't got spirit. That's just even the, just the raw, low, low beginning of spirit. When you now get into the house, you now discover that every single thing is spirit to spirit to spirit to spirit to spirit. To spirit to spirit. Like the tabernacle. So everything must be anointed with oil. Don't, don't, don't bring any dry instrument. There's no, it's just shining, clean everything. Say no, no, no. There has to be oil around it. Do, you it. do you know that everything there was oily? Do you agree with me? Don't say, okay, I just want to leave, Let it just be dry. No, 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 no. We have to make sure that, that praise the Lord. That all everything is what is anointed with oil. So, as a as a Christian, don't uh, ever be without your ID card. Eh? <laughs> your ID card is a, is spirit. Who are those? Oh, who are those who are born again? They check. You know when they say look for who are born again they are not checking. Is Christ formed in you. That's a later one. Is it just, it's just simple. Is there, Do you have Holy Ghost inside of you? Do you have Holy Spirit? You know, that's, that's actually what makes you born again. Do you know that? At the point when a person confesses and believes, you just receive the earnest. You just, an earnest is just dropped inside of you. Just drop an earnest. This is your beginning allocation. Now, Begin to to trade with it and begin to nurture it and begin to increase it. Use it to buy more. You can use it and then buy more. You can use it and then buy more. You You know, that's one of the law of spirit. You purchase spirit with spirit. If they give you a little spirit, you don't use it. You will not have more than the little. The way you gain more spirit is you use the little they give you. When you use it well, you gain more. If you start with, let's say, initial baptism of the Spirit, you got filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, some of us didn't get filled the first time. We just licked small. <laughs> this whole, is this whole Holy Ghost business. I don't really understand it too much. But I know, no, we just taste a little. But you don't use it. Then, what will happen? you we just have that tiny, tiny? Some of us... The only Holy Ghost we have, I know not all of us here because you have people of the spirit, but some Christians, the only Holy Ghost they have is maybe just a tiny leak they they got. That's maybe the first time they had the experience of getting born again. And since that time, maybe for years, it never increased. They just had a drop, a drop of spirit. appears
2: so thank you father amen glory to your name Jesus threv eno soprav eno sicra che te era da so prata eno sicera che hao a coso pratica da gasto pa brene cativ recativ recative tevre catila bada a parte tenius se paria natali and ne for all 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 the kingdom is in the spirit all it's in the spirit, it's in the spirit, live in the spirit, abide in the spirit, abide in the spirit for the spirit, for the spirit is the way to make you slippery you. out of the effects of the world. It is the way you come out and journey out of the old of the world. You need to be oil, but it's in Giving you the spirit, I have may come up for the spirit. I encaders. he is an eloquent. Spirit, as you abide and stay in the spirit, He is the way, He is the way to the promise, He is the way to the promise. For there is no other promise out of the spirit, there is no promise elsewhere. For it is in the spirit, it is by the spirit, it is through the spirit, it is with the spirit, it is all around the spirit, it is in and out of the spirit, it is all about the spirit. It even me, even me, even me, even me, even me, I, Jesus. I am in the spirit. I am in the spirit. That is my place of abode. It is where I dwell. It is my dwelling place. It is my abode. It is my abode. The spirit is provided for you for to come up, for to come up. For the tower of the spirit, there is no promise. Without the spirit, there is no promise. For all of it that you need is in the spirit. All that you need is in the spirit. There is nothing that you need that is out of the spirit. Stay in the spirit journey in the spirit. Follow the spirit. Submit to the spirit. Submit to the spirit. Submit to the spirit. Follow the spirit for he will bring you up even to the realms that you can't imagine.
1: Thank you Jesus. Amen. Amen. So so the spirit uh, I was saying that when you have a little of the spirit you are supposed to use it to produce more. It's like the talent, yes. right? Now that talent, that theory of the talent is very educated um, instructive, right? <laughs> the person who got lead to got angry. Why would you just give me this tiny? When you seeing those who were giving more initially, and looking at their operation, and wow, what a God loves you. Oh, look at so much spirit and so much. Praise God. But you feel like your own is just too tiny. It's this tiny thing. It's a, wicked, it's a wicked person. Why did he give me this tiny person? This tiny one. But you're supposed to use it to. that. Like, it's almost like trading. When you use it, it increases. Praise the Lord. So if you, if you don't use the little spirit you have, you will not gain more spirit. Hardly, does spirit doesn't come by. A lot of times, the spirit, they give you a capital. Right? They give you a capital. And say, okay, you use this capital. Use it well. Learn how to buy more. Learn how to purchase more of the word, of the spirit. Now, if you, if you let's say, you spoke in, in tongues a little and you just stopped there, let's say you had an experience of um, in a meeting, the Holy Ghost came down and there was a baptism of the spirit and let's say you gain a little measure of it. Now, some souls who are not wise will feel that you expect that thing to occur every time you come. That's, why one, of, that's one of the reasons why the, the Lord makes sure that those kind of en- encounters are not constant like that. Because if they do that, many of us will not grow. Amen. Do you got know what I'm saying? Let's say every, every, every meeting is Holy Ghost baptism. It doesn't mean there is no spirit in the meeting. But the spirit like that, they are pouring like, let's say, on the day of Pentecost. It wasn't every single day of their meeting. That was like the day of Pentecost. Yes. Do you get what I'm saying? So if you, someone has such an encounter, and from time to time, the Lord will allow such meetings to happen where there is giving of capital. Right? It's just giving. Some of us need some more capital to move to the next level. Like a business. It's a small business. You do, you're doing it at a level. And then when you, add, I mean, if you have any of you watched Dragon's Den before? You know how that thing works, So someone started with their own, um, maybe their own money or something. Maybe their dad gave them a little money, and they started a, a little business. But then they did it well. And based within the, what that capital and what they have can produce, they're able to do very, very well then when they come to Dragon's Den, those investors, what do they look at? They don't, you can't come there and say, well, uh, I couldn't really do anything. How many of you have seen someone there that didn't do anything? And they say, why are you here? They say, well, it's just, I just came to tell you that um, my dad gave me some money, but it wasn't enough. So that's why I didn't do anything. So I just came to ask for more. <laughs> that's not it. what. It's those who were giving little, who were faithful with little, and we're able to do so much with little. But then they are now qualified for an expansion to do what they are doing in a little scale to do it in a bigger scale. Therefore, they need more infusion of capital for that. But capital doesn't come every day. Otherwise, if they do that, it's not a business. Is a is a charity. What do you call it? Is a fundraiser. Praise God! It's not; it has, otherwise, it has no meaning. Are you, are you getting my point? If someone is running a business and has capital every single day, you are not running a business. It's not a business. The purpose of business, doing business, is to increase. Take a little and increase it. That's the way the spirit is. So, if you have a little baptism and then you just you don't you don't use you know by using it, what do I mean let's talk on the level of just infilling of the spirit. The way you use it is that that little one you have, you you take it, you're, you keep praying with it. You're always trying to wake it up, trying to wake it up by prayer. You don't just leave it there and expect. You know, some souls are interesting, eh? You just, when you come to meetings, uh, you're waiting for the word, the man of God, to just release the spirit from an eye and then feel it. <laughs> and then when it's not happening, you be like, oh, this man <laughs> Your anointing is reducing. <laughs> Your anointing is something is going on. Praise the Lord <laughs> Well, a lot of times God will say, no, God will say, God will say, no, no more. That little one you have. Go and use it. Exercise it. Use it. When it's sleeping, learn how to wake it up. Pray with it. Call it labor. Break into it when it seems like it's far away, do what you need to do to access it in doing so increase little spirit can become great spirit by exercise and by use. same thing when it comes into, when it comes to spirit not just maybe the giving of the holy Holy ghost but when it comes to let's say in Christ the spirit of wisdom. Let's say spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let's look at those two first. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. You know, you can have sometimes in your first encounter with maybe the word of righteousness, which is where those spirits begin to operate when you begin to have access to the oracles of God. Um, they start with little first, right? When you first had the, your first revelation. Hey! Oh my God. You know that You know that experience that people say they experienced and then I just saw that thing. It just came to me. Maybe you never had it before. <laughs> Amen. And then all of a sudden, you just saw something entered into your heart. You know, spirit of wisdom is who, who brings it fresh. Something that you didn't study. It just shows you. You just see it. And it's very clear. This thing, you can't join it there. It just... It's like treasures that like you unravel landmarks, something that is arranged there for a long time, nobody saw. You just saw it. Ah, this thing. Wow. you get that thing is an operation of the spirit that did that. So now when that thing happens, there is a way you're supposed to handle such a thing. You're supposed to, you are supposed to cherish it, cherish it. Cherish it. Cherish it. Cherish it. Go back there and hold on to that spirit. Continue toward. Call it. Not that you're pushing yourself into it. I'm not saying now go and start looking. That's what people do. They start looking for other things. Okay, this one says, so should this one. No, no, no. I'm talking about that same one that they brought to you. Because when they're giving you something by revelation, it's your own. Do you know that? But some of us have attitude, you know when we have acquiring attitude, all those things can kind of manifest in spiritual journey too. Some of us will leave that one and then you feel like you need to break into the whole scripture that day because <laughs> the spirit of that <laughs> and then if guys are taking you enter into error, you start having strange revelations and all of that. But when, but that same one they gave you till today. I st- I, have to, I go back to old revelations, and to me that's the easiest, way. the easiest way to connect with the spirit. I go back to old revelations. I can still taste the spirit of old revelation. They are still there, I, and I check them. Sometimes I do I do inventory. Are these ones are they still there? Are they still? And when I to say I don't mean that. Do I still know them? No, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean that when I open them and I taste them, do, does this he tastes the taste of the spirit in that on, that brought that experience. Are they still there? I have to make sure that they are still there. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That's, why you are, that's what makes you faithful. Some of us are not faithful. We've not learned faithfulness with the things of the Spirit. If you don't treat the things of the Spirit as treasures, you will not have them. They will just they will sleep. When you are not watching, they will sleep away. You just pass through the back door of your heart and say, you don't like us. We are going, they are going away. Praise the Lord. Amen. You see what I'm saying? So, I was speaking about prophetic spirit, right? So, prophets are those people who um, have the... Praise the Lord. Is this thing working now? No? Amen. Beloved, um, chapter 4, verse 1, quickly. say, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether... They are of God because many false prophets are gone into the world. So false prophets are those who are able to, 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 to release spirit. And these false prophets, they are not necessarily, let's say, pastors who say wrong things. These are not the false prophets. False prophets are actually, spiritual. first of all, spiritual entities. So, when you see maybe a pastor or a man of God or something, so called man of God, who maybe is saying false things, it's because that person has been trained by a prophet who is a spirit. Right? So, it is, it is spirits who raise people to teach wrong things. Praise the Lord. For example, materialism that has found its way into a lot of pupils these days is not. Men didn't come up with it as their own idea. The idea that you can use God solely for gain. That's what materialism in Christianity is, right? People didn't come up with it by themselves. It is spirits, praise the Lord, spirits who taught men. That, you see, there's something about God that you can reduce to just a way, a means of having your needs met. Amen. And so it can teach people. After a while, so when, for example, that kind of thing comes into the mind, let's say a preacher who is preaching Christ before, or who is preaching how to know God, how to just love God, how basic things about Christianity, and then one day a spirit can just start talking to them, and they gain fresh insight and revelation. Wow, the purpose of all these things is to make your life good on the earth. That can be a revelation. That didn't come from his own mind, it came from his spirit. You get what I'm saying? So spirits are preachers. Now, hereby we know ye the spirit of God, verse 2. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus is born in the flesh is what? Is born of God? Is of God. Praise the Lord. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Praise God. Can I use this? Amen. Thank you, Father. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now, it is in the world. Now, so the spirit of confessing that Jesus is not coming in the flesh is not saying, like I said before, that Jesus, Jesus did not come or that maybe Jesus was not the Messiah and all of that. That's not what they are saying here. What they are saying is, is there any spirit that denies the expression of Jesus Christ? in the flesh, right? It, that deny, doesn't allow Jesus Christ to be manifest. Of course, for him to be manifest, he has to be formed first within the soul. And then when he's formed within the soul, he begins to demonstrate his, himself inward in the flesh. He begins to use the flesh to give expression to his life. That any spirit that does not allow such a thing to occur, right, that, or every spirit that portrays, that word confesseth, the spirit that confesses. No, that confesses. Any spirit that carries a message against the formation of Christ, right, within the heart of a person, that that spirit is not of God. And then this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now is what? Now, but verse 4 it says, Ye of God, little children, and have overcome them. Now, so who are you overcoming here? Who have they overcome? So, people who they call little children are people who have overcome them. That is, these spirits that preach against the formation of Christ. And they overcame them because greater is he that is in you than he would that is in the world. Now, they are of the world. That's what I want to talk about here. So when it says they are of the world, who are they? Here, these are the spirits that preach against the formation of Christ in the soul of a person. That these spirits are of the world. So therefore, they speak of the world and then the world heareth them. So, these spirits are actually, so when you say the world, the world is like a, you know, Christ is also, I said it's like a world too. But this this thing called the world is also another world of spirits. Praise the Lord. It's another world of spirits. It's the world that they want to make every man trapped in. The purpose of the world is to trap every man in a place where God cannot gain access to them. Where God cannot do what? Gain access 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 for the purpose of the giving of his own doctrine yes, praise the Lord so these spirits are of the world so this spirit the power behind the world are spirits that are in the world praise the Lord or the spirits who are of the world are the world power so the, the world is actually powerless without its spirits the world is powerless without what makes the world powerful? That you see a soul can just love the world and you, don't know, you can't do anything about it. You bring truth to the soul. So can say, Yeah, okay, I agree, I see what you are saying, but they just can't dislodge from living in their cause, the cause of this world, according to Ephesians chapter 2. You say, Okay, well, but the scripture says this, oh, I understand, I get it, I get that. Um, but, and you are expecting them to, based on getting it, okay, let's now begin to change some things. Well, no, there's, there's something strong that makes it so. They say, oh, yeah, we agree with that. I agree with that thought, that doctrine. I, I agree with that explanation of this. and you know? I believe that God wants this and God wants that. I believe that ideally we should live this way. You know? I, I, in fact, I really, I really love this direction of Christianity. You know, this, in fact, this is the problem with the church. We don't teach these things anymore. These are the things that we need to be talking about. After all said and done, you can't change cause. To make it a soul, change cause. It's, it takes a lot to make a soul, change a cause because of spirits. say so spirits. So these spirits are, they, are power, they are empowered with seduction. The spirit, that's, what, that's what makes the world so powerful is the seductive power of it you now seduction how does seduction happen how does seduction happen seduction seduction is deeper than um oh, i know it's bad but i just like doing it no it's not that so seduction seduction is when a spirit now spirits this thing called spirits they are these are not demons most of what john is speaking about here in First John, he's yeah, not talking about demons. Demons are the things that make men do things against their will. I've described that before. That demons, what demons are really powerful to do is that they make men to do things that they, don't, they naturally will not want to do. They can make men do things that they don't like. Someone hates fornication, but he will be doing it because of a demon. Right? Someone hates lying, but he will be lying constantly because of a demon. You get what I'm trying to say? Someone doesn't, doesn't want to, you know, I don't know, gossip or whatever, but they do it because of a demon. So demons are the ones who do such things. They, make, when they take control over anything that has to do with the outward expression of a person. And they against the will of the person, they're able to tend to make the person. Demons are the ones that lock men in habits that they don't like. And they keep doing them. Those are demonic operations. But those are, those are low. That's, that's low. When you're talking about the world, the world is not primarily a sphere of demons. The world uses demons. Right? So demons serve the purposes of the world. But the world is not a place. It is a cage of spirits who are not necessarily demonic. Demons are low. There are spirits in the world. So the spirit, where they operate, they don't make men do things they don't want to do. They operate on the will of men. That's the that's the sign of a spirit. A spirit is skilled to. Now when a demon comes, the demon just his job is to let's try, try find a way to shut down the will, hide the will. Like let's make a person do something that when he's doing it, let him forget all his will. And do it. That's the demon. How does it, do it? Let's empower the flesh with a fire, something that an experience, is something that will make them just that. When a demon is operating, a demon makes sure that you are not thinking when you are doing it. Shut down your. Don't think because you know if you think, just by one, one thought can cast the demon out. Yes. Do you know that the. The most powerful thing is not de- laying a deliverance service. No, you don't need deliverance service to cast a demon out. Just think, think straight. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> you know, ask God that demons are so weak. They ca- a demon cannot stand you thinking well. <laughs> Once they begin to think well, all their power is gone. Once you start thinking, or well, if they can suspend you thinking, they can just you will do things quickly. And they'll be like, oh, what did I do? That? When you start thinking again, you can- <laughs> that's a sign that a demon has done it, eh? So demons are different from spirits. Praise God. So so it means that somebody by just pure, natural discipline can rise above demonic operations. Just by pure, just discipline can You see, somebody, they are not a Christian, they don't cast out devils, they don't do deliverance service and all that, but all the little demonic sicknesses that plague people don't, can't plague them because they are well developed intellect, in, the, in the mind. Their mind is fully in control. It's hard for a demon to have space to make them forget who they are and do something. But you, see, you can see such a soul can be a king in the world. Even the way you see him, it doesn't have the filth that demons put around souls. It looks very clean, very very straight, very, you know, When you look at him outward, it seems like he has virtues more than all Christians. Because when you see a lot of Christians, many of them, you know, some of them demons, demons live with with some of them. (laughs) Praise God. You know, that's one of the problems with with church, you know, because unbelievers, a lot of times, um, those who are really empowered by the devil and the devil gives chance, they're, they're not, they are not clouded sentimentally. So they go objectively. They go for knowledge. They magnify. They put their mind in control. And so for such people, it's hard to have demonic influence over them. But a lot of Christians, because of the nature of Christianity, as a way we we tend to be a bit more sentimental about things. We don't want to just put our mind in the driver's seat. We are careful about that. We want to feel something. We want to let it, you know, we want to open, leave that door open for sentimental living. Praise God, because somehow, somewhere we feel that is fate or something. <laughs> you get what I mean? But it seems that such things, demons, take advantage of such thing. The more sentimental you are, the more prone you are to demonic operation because they can easily shut down the pathways into your, your cerebral to make your mind involved and then make you do things. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? So the problem is that we don't, we don't realize that there is a program for our own mental development. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? That God, God's plan is not for a Christian to not be using his mind. Say, no, we don't think about anything. We just don't think at all. We just, we just live from the spirit. No, no, no. no. That's not God's plan. In fact, the church is a development center where they develop hearts and minds, both alike. Let this mind, being which was in Christ Jesus, is a mind. There's a, a mind development. How to think? Just that you'll be taught how to think by spirits. That's the reason why a Christ should not should have grown to a place where you can no longer be prey to demonic. Influences anymore. When you see a Christ who is formed, a demon cannot make a Christ do things because you can't stop a Christ from thinking. You got know what I mean. <laughs> a Christ can cast out demon by just one thought. The only difference is that a Christ's mind is under the government of his heart, and his mind is spirit trained. Even though that mind is sharp, sharp, even sharper, it should be sharper than even the mind of an unbeliever. But it's not a wayward mind. It's a mind that, no matter how sharp it is, it has a governor. When his governor speaks, it stops. Who is the governor of the mind? The heart. That's how God designed it. But unbelievers and the world will change it, put the heart away, hide it, and then let the mind be the leader. But God didn't design man to be governed by his mind. The mind should be like a, it's like an engine room, like a, it's a utility instrument. The the mind is a tool which the heart uses to think this thing right now and resolve this thing. Then the mind will bring his answer. The heart will check it. Is it right? The heart can say, no, He just thought rubbish. This is what we are going to do. And he will say, okay, no problem. That's, how, that's a Christ. Are you getting the difference? Then you could think, and they have to say, yeah, that's it, you got it right. That's how you think about these things. You get, you get the sense of what I'm saying? So this, these spirits here, they are not mainly demons. They are not mainly what? De- they are not demons. They are actually Spirits that they want your mind to be involved. But they are trainers of minds. They train heart and minds too. They train, they want the will. You see that will, they want it that when you do something evil, it shouldn't be that you, did, you are not thinking when you are doing it. They want to make sure that you were thinking and that evil is what you decided to do. They are not the same kind of operation. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, you know, find the most anointed people in the world. When you check, what is the anointing? They are anointed with thoughts. Thoughts. They're anointed with what? With thoughts. Their thoughts are so potent and powerful that when they release the thought, average people can be in their future in what they just said. Oh hey, wow. Oh, so you mean this will be the next five decades? This is how things are going to go? Yeah, yeah these are the key problems. The index of all the problems of humanity, you know, this is how we're going to, are you getting what I'm saying? That's not a demonic operation. It's not a demon making somebody to, <laughs> amen. When Cain went out building houses, it wasn't a demon, demon that was, that was, by the time Cain got up and then killed Abel. It was not a demon that made Cain kill Abel. It. it wasn't a demon of anger. You know, this is the way we preach that message. You want to preach against anger. What was the first message you preach? Cain and Abel was angry, uncontrollable anger. No. Nah. <laughs> no, that was, a, that was a calculated operation. And when he finished doing it, God came and asked him, to "Say, said, yeah, God. yes, God, what do you have to say? He was answering God back. God will ask questions, he will answer. He has what he has to say. That's not a demon. Someone who is <laughs> under demonic influence. When he does it, he will be ashamed. I'm broken. Oh my God, what have I done? Cain never cried. Oh, I slew my brother. What have I done? What have I done? In a moment of anger, I killed him. No, that was in Cain. He answered God, and then when God was bringing the punishment, he even negotiated. He said, look, this is the way, look, you can't, praise the Lord. He said, God, before I did this, I knew things, though. You know, he had some laws in him. He knows the kind of punishment God should bring. So, you know, say, God, no, 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 you can't, because, (laughs) praise the Lord. Then he went out, and he began to build cities, began to reproduce himself. That wasn't a man who was under the influence of demons. He was doing it by knowledge. By knowledge. Amen. Do you, are you seeing? So, what is, so the world, when you say seduction of the world, don't conflate that word with maybe a man who was seduced by a prostitute. That, right? You get what I'm trying to say? That's not what I'm trying to say. Anybody who was seduced by a prostitute is very clear, wasn't thinking. Right? So that's not what I'm talking about. Seduction is, he's talking about seduction with thought. Thoughts are seductive. Thoughts are seductive. Thought thought can seduce. What is to seduce? Make you come out of your abiding place. Say, okay, come, you can come and live here. There's a world that's prepared for you here. Thoughts can. Thoughts are the building block of images. Thoughts, when you see an image, it's built by thought, by thought, by thought, by thought. It's built on image, And the, the ultimate image which the devil wants to paint for man, which the world paints for man, is the image of an abode that is outside the dwelling place which God has designed for men to stay. Am I making some sense to you? So you seek some Christians who can, they are so anointed, they can bind and cast and, you know, when they even cast out demons, they don't just cast out any you know what I mean? They will tell the demon where to go. Hey, you, go to the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> You've not seen such deliverance before. They will send, send the demon to the Sahara, then they can stay there. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. But but you see, someone can bind and cast and all that, but but no single strength to resist one thought of the world. One thought, in other words, when the world paints a vision of what your life should look like, after binding and casting, you don't have the you not have the strength to to no 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 no. This is not the part of this is not the part that God has designed for man. There are other things. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. After Satan had taken him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their glory. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing how Satan tempts? Praise the Lord. (laughs) verse 5, that they are of the world, therefore they speak of the world. So, the spirits, the sign of the spirit of the Antichrist is, the Antichrist spirit is that it speaks of the world. Its message is the world. It's teaching the world. So, this message can be taught on pulpit too. Anything the sign of the message of the Antichrist is any message that presents any other thing as an abiding place for the soul outside of Christ and God. That's what you call a lie. That's the lie. The teaching of a lie is when you present another. Abiding. Oh, save for your future. I'm not saying don't save for your future, but when you teach saving for your future as and teach the savings as an abode, it's not the same thing. As being responsible. Those are two messages. Two messages that can have the same title. But one is being taught by spirits. Yes. Do, do you, are you getting what of The sense. The, the, the wisdom to resolve this thing. Anybody who doesn't have the sense to resolve this spirit. That's what John is teaching. This, you must have the senses to identify this spirit. Because many prophets many of the spirits have gone into the world. Now, if you don't have sense to resolve them and say, ah, oh, no, 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 I know you, I know what you are trying, I know you I know what part of me you are trying to get to. I know what you are trying to wake up, but that, that thing you are trying to wake up, that thing is dead a long time ago, and it's never going to wake up anymore. You know, it's that these spirits are so skilled, they can turn anything into an abode. you your job, your career, your house, your husband, your wife, your children, your family, your all the legitimate things of life can be painted and preached as what? And an abode for what? For the soul. As opposed to, so that's the, the message of seduction is the message that presents comfort, assurance, safety, comfort, assurance, safety. In anything outside of Christ and God, that's a sign of this preaching. Praise the Lord. Now every spirit that confessed verse three, not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now it is in the world, and ye are of Godly children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Praise the Lord. Um, that thing of he that is in you. Say he that is in you. He that's in you. So let's zero on in on that. Because we need to look at the power of overcoming. Right? Yeah. The power of what? Of overcoming. 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 There's a power, there's provision for, uh, for overcoming it says that you overcome because greater is he that is in you than he now. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So I'm seeing this as not a general statement saying God is greater than the devil. Praise God. Um, I don't think that's, I'm not seeing it in that way. I'm seeing What I'm seeing is that the point where you overcome, is when the measure of he that is in you becomes greater than the measure of he that is in the world. So the the fortification of against the seduction of the world is putting something in you. There should be something. There should be someone in you that can seduce you from the inside. While the world is seducing you from the outside trying to make you come out of your abode, there should be something in you who should be seducing you on the inside. Seduce you into the spirit. Seduce you into Christ. Are you getting me? So, you should be, to get you to a point where you are more greatly seduced into the, the abode of Christ, praise the Lord, than the seduction which you're getting from the world. Now, the instrument of that seducer which should be in you, seducing you on the inside, is what they are calling the unction or the anointing. The unction or what? Let's go back to chapter 2 again, verse, verse 20. It says, but you have an unction from the Holy One. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, this unction, so is that the holy One is that said, "I want me, I want to come, and I have plan on how to come to you, but first, I have to send something to you that should be in you, praise the Lord, that can help cement your position to cement your word abode to cement your word, your abode, and without this, like I was saying before. Without any time, if God wants to come to you, God must first come to you by spirit. Spirit is the access. Anybody who is coming without spirit, you will not receive. When religion comes without spirit, because of fear of offending your parents or something, you say, yeah, I agree. All these things. But when you have a single freedom to do what you really like, you will run away far from it. That I don't like it to become distasteful to you. So religion cannot seduce a person to abide in God. You get what I When you see, check the needs of the soul, when you look open a soul's heart and check need, you will not, you will not see religion there. No soul really really needs religion. But religion can provide some other things that the soul needs. If you strip those things away from religion, for example, class, place in society. You know, that was what the Catholics infused Christianity with. It became this it thing that if you are not part of this thing, you are nothing. It had nothing to do with Christ or God or any other God's abode. No, it was just that it became a, almost a very, very outward thing. You get what I mean? So, so when you see, you know, Kamak said that religion is the, was it him? Or somebody else, someone said it. That religion is the opium of the people. Well, I don't agree, I don't, I don't really believe it. It's not religion, as the opium. Religion is being infused with things. The world is the opium of the people. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's the world. Take the religion and then strip all the worldliness from it. And just give it raw. Nobody wants to do, let's say religion that doesn't mean anything. Right, Like, say, oh, uh, we just perform this sacrifice right daily. It doesn't add any status to you. It doesn't make you anything among other people. Nobody respects it. It's nothing completely. It has no social value. Nobody will take it. So a lot of what we call even Christianity is just package worldliness that we say, okay, This thing, amen. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That if you can excel in this area, among that community of people who expect such things, you have a status. These things are deep. Are you getting what I'm saying? To find a message, a Christian message preached without the world in it, it's not easy. It's not easy. If If you try and do that and God did not send you, you say, okay, I want to just, and you won't even have the sense. But what you will remove, you won't even know it. There will still be world in what you are saying. But let's say you can you can end up doing it. You will have your congregation will be zero. After a while, your wife will stop coming. Your children will stop coming. Why? Because what you are saying, it means nothing. It has no meaning. <laughs> so preachers are afraid, but I don't, I don't blame anybody. I don't blame anybody when somebody is. There. Praise God. And some of us can blame people who don't why don't they teach the, you don't see? Nobody can teach this thing with clear eye. Something must be wrong with you. Yeah. To be teaching this kind of if God doesn't send you to teach it. That's thing you now realize that it's not pastor that owns church. The members own the pastor. <laughs> do, you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? So this thing, that's, this appetite for the world, this thing called the world, is deep inside soul because it's spirit. Religion is by itself has no spirit, but when you infuse it, you must borrow things from the world and, and leave them around it. And bring it to men. "Ah, This is how you serve God. It's not God they are looking at. They are looking at all the things around it—the weight, all these other. Are there enough things around it for me to give my life to it? It's just a package, Uh of things. Praise the Lord. So, but to but to make somebody not to love the world. That, okay, you want, by, by a, it's a very strong statement. You know, he said, love not the world, not the things that are in the world. When you tell someone you don't do that, you tell his soul, hey, you see this thing called the world, don't love it. You've just told that person an impossible thing. It's impossible. Because the, the soul is, is, is weak. Is weak when it comes to all the things, you know, the, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all of these things that are in the world, the soul is, is too weak concerning them. Lusts are a spiritual commodity. Lusts are, they are things, fake promises, fake things that want to satisfy that craving in the soul. Lusts and pride of life. Are you seeing that? So, to, so far, so nobody, you can't by zeal do it. You can't say, from today, now I'm going to hear the word. You don't know what it takes. You don't know how deep that thing is on the inside. So, the only way is that they have to bring a greater one. There has to be what? A greater one. A greater one. A greater one has to be in you, and that one must be greater than he that is in the world. See the whole, sick, the whole, the whole, border, sorry, the whole fight and contention is for where will your soul abide? That's just what they are fighting for. Where will your soul abide? Where will you stay? Love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now all the things that are in the world, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, lust of the, and the pride of life, they are not of the Father, but they are what of the world. Then the world passeth away, and all these things, but he that doeth the will of God will do what abide forever. It's so. It means that. Is out, where will you abide? Don't abide in that which passeth away. Any soul who is tied to the world will pass away with the world. But to make you abide forever, they must give you someone on the inside who can bring about what? Who can bring about the seduction and bind you into where? Into the place God wants you to be, verse 27, as we close, it says of chapter 2, chapter 2, yes, of 1 John, it says, but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. So they're talking of the anointing that abideth in you first. Now, you can't move further if this anointing doesn't yet, doesn't abide in you. That's how God does it. Let this anointing abide in you. Then, when he abides in you, then you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, as it's teaching you from within, and it's truth, these are properties of the anointing. It's teaching you of all things. This anointing is truth and is no lie. Then, even as it has taught you, ye shall abide. The purpose of the anointing is to teach abiding. Abiding where? First, you have to abide in Christ. To make his soul have abode in Christ. To make his soul abide in Christ. For to make it the depth of your soul abide in Christ. And to overcome, say these things that i concerning them that seduce you. So a soul that is strong against seducers. Strong against seduction. When you see a seductive thought, another voice can call you. Do you get you know what I'm saying? The voice, there has to be an anointed voice on the inside. It's not, it can't be a dry voice. Hey, the word is bad. You, what do you mean? What are you talking about? When the voice, says, yeah, the word, you say, yeah, I know it's bad already. It's not that you didn't know it's bad. It's that they are dealing with something entirely. Seduction is powerful. It's, it's a pull. If you are being pulled, something else must be pulling you on the, on the other side. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So Christ, when, the, 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 when the God was to speak about somebody who will come, who will come? Who will introduce man to the beginning of being saved, salvation? The beginning of being saved, the first point of being saved. They, they said this person, the most distinguishing characteristics about him is that he is an anointed one. The Christ, what Christ means, the anointed one, the one who God has poured spirit on, the person who is the is the apostle. Of the spirit of things that will not pass away, He Christ, praise the Lord, the one who is anointed, who is anointed by God, the one who has the spirit, the measure. He said, "The, the Father give, did not give Him spirit with measure; He has so much." You know? So, who is Christ? Christ is actually a is, a is a world of the anointing, right? Christ is actually a world of seduction. If you are in Christ and you are not you're not you're not having this thing I'm talking about you're not if you are in Christ and you are not you're not being you, you don't feel like you are in a in an anointed world you're not you're not doing it fully well you're not really really you're not getting the full gist or the full thing about Christ the purpose of Christ is to move you into a place where, is to move you into a world of, of contrary reality that has a greater, a greater anchor on your soul than what the world has. That the way people are crazy about having a good life, getting rich, having money, taking care of the family, you can be crazy about something else even more. I don't mean that you acknowledge that they are right, no. I mean that crazy about it. I mean that, that your soul, that your soul, the taste of your soul, the taste board of your heart, you crave the spiritual. You long for the spiritual. You feed. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's talking about two different satisfaction. Two different ways of being satisfied. You can choose to eat bread, or you can choose to eat every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Of course, that bread, we're not talking about body being filled. It's talking about what is filling your soul. What is, when you see a person going to steal money and do all that things in the world, it's not really because he's hungry. If, that, if that's the case, every hungry man will be stealing. It's not that. It's something. is a, 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 a hole in his soul. That's what I, I, I strongly believe when you see all those politicians who steal all those things, when you see that, so you just probably see one giant hole there. Maybe Satan just <laughs> excavated something and made a hole in it. It's not, it's not it has nothing to do with whether they eat or their children eat. Or, no, no, no. It's a, it's a sickness. <laughs> it's their soul. It's like, it's like they put a hole in somebody's soul. You want to eat money and fill it. How can money fill you? <laughs> they will that's why they will acquire everything. They will be tired. And that's the way it is. Same thing with somebody who will soul, who will use their soul, spend their soul so they can live in a big house. You know what I mean? You go and buy something beyond your means. You, can't, you know you can't afford it. You just go, why? Because of, it is a promise to eat. But you know the thing is that that thing that you fill the house with feel, it can never feel it. Because it wasn't meant to feel it. It's not in the devil's interest for natural things to be satisfying you. Because if they satisfy, one day you get satisfied and say, It's time to look for God. The more you acquire it, the, the bigger the hole on the inside. Why? Because really, it's not actually giving you things, it's actually stealing from you. Because to, the condition of getting those things is that you spend your soul to get it. When you spend your soul, the void in your heart becomes bigger, and you think you need more things. You need more than this. Oh, even only like this. <laughs> when they tell you no, no, you know your problem right now. Everything is set. You have a job. It's just, you just need, you just need a husband. Ah. <laughs> when the husband comes, you are set. That's all you need. Are you getting what I They will lie to you that that husband can feel that. It's a lie. No man can feel. That's why some men have problems. When you marry a woman who, who no. has a giant hole inside her and they expect you to come and feel it, you're in trouble. Yeah. Same thing with a man who has a giant hole in him and thinks a wife can feel it. You will just in sorrow. You guys will just be sorrow upon sorrow. This one is disappointed in this one, this one is disappointed in that one. Wakes up angry at him, wakes up anger. Why did I even marry you? Hey! <laughs> the thing, commits not, it doesn't come to give you house. He commits not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What will it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Are you getting what I'm trying to say? If you want to be satisfied, you want to really be. I don't mean that your needs are met. Forget about all those. See, when, you, when your soul gets satisfaction, you know that needs mean nothing. Like, so you can have needs everywhere, but you are more, you are more satisfied than somebody who has everything. Someone who has plenty needs around him can be there. People who have everything can be coming to him to drink from him. I just want to be, uh, just to hang out with you a little. Uh, because their soul is empty. But the man who has plenty of problems is full. It's full. This is, we are living in a generation of bankrupt people. Our souls who are so empty, they look for anything. They want to fill it with anything. In this same season, in this same generation, God is raising people who are so full of life. So full of things. Praise the Lord. When The, the, the realm of Christ is, is, a, is a realm where the purpose of the, of the Christ realm is to Introduce a different definition and concept of reality and provision. Someone can, you want to realize that, ah, what I really, really need are things that can satisfy my soul, not outward things. Let's call that in Christ. For example, when revelation comes, you have a moment of fellowship by the Spirit. You feel as, You feel so full. Oh, wow feel so full. You can you can even feel so much that you forget to eat in the natural. That's true satisfaction. And you see that world is so powerful. The deeper you go, the more, because they are buying your commitment. After a while, 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 you will. Nothing in this world will compare to the satisfaction of receiving the materials, receiving the things that Christ has to offer. Christ is the only person who can he can put things in you that when you has put it your soul will feel okay. You feel like something has just been filled. I don't know if you've ever had such experiences before, but there's just something there was something missing about... About me, about life, but when an understanding breaks, are you getting what I'm saying? That all those materials of understanding, when they bring them, they are not ordinary. They don't just—they are not dry. Those are materials that are loaded with so much spirit. So the more revelation, it starts with revelation, that will turn into stature. They are both spirit. It's spirit as revelation. It's thought that can stay in your heart. That would translate into stature. Stature is also spirit. So, so when you see a, a being of stature, it's hard to seduce someone who has stature, right? In Christ. So when you have stature in Christ, what people are dying for, they mean nothing to you. If you have it okay, thank you, Jesus. You don't have it okay, <laughs> you are not, it doesn't make you less fool. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? What makes a person abide is that he gets to a point where he's no longer looking for anything outside. If you are still looking for things outside, you will not abide. You will just stay for a while and later we'll be looking for you. Ah, Where did they go there? Searching, Searching for things because things out there still have meaning to your soul in an inordinate way. Praise the Lord. The Lord will help us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father masasa sama dori kama wo horeba supra harara ma supra gabazu sepento le kabra hote kelia kalamosia kai elmash eprhedoske karia da ma supra hash de parados parados supra hash de priheranosi pries ke christos omara na ha haramasto patala parohore parados priea o Kan dele pan dole pran dole härema osota papa laama ondaba i kaba o rien kasuske fer efrendele parava sufi etapa halalo shipferedossa andali panon tokori Hado perägi sekä doguske oh mikara siä aran osi ba no the pressi Cambra, Tatali, Capres, Sapara, Usia, Gahori, Gama, Hungry, Eger, or Gresce, Separado, when Joy, Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Let me say something. Praise God. The purpose of the ministry of revelation is not just to make you aware of things just to teach you things one of the main especially the revelation of Christ the main purpose is to shift your concept and perception of reality That's that's why, that's why the, the worst excuse to give up on Christ is that it's not making sense to me. Do you get what I'm saying that? These things are not really making sense to me. So in other words, they don't speak to me in a way that, you know things that matter speaks. Praise God. Like if someone comes to tell you, okay, the, your company just implemented a new, a new framework for promoting people. Or they just brought out a new pay structure that affects everybody. There's a way that that information registers to you. It doesn't sound esoteric like just, it's just a concept, a thought. You can take that thing, study it. Right? Because you can draw a line between me knowing this thing and knowing what I'll be earning next month or something. It, means, it makes sense to me. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Um, but the revelation of Christ, sometimes heart can get um, weary because what is coming doesn't seem like it's, it doesn't have an immediate relevance to your life. But that's a very wrong reason because you don't understand that. The, one of the main purpose for it is that Interpretation of relevance is based on a frame of reasoning and hierarchy of importance and a present concept of reality that you have. That's what makes something relatable to you or not. Is that the first thing revelation of Christ does is that it wants to shift that definition and make it such so that different things now begin to make sense to you. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? But some people move out of that. Or the Lord has a chance to do that work, some souls can get what? Easily and what? Quickly, quickly discouraged by that. This thing about seduction, we're talking of, the spirit is you know how they were making the anointing oil, right? It's not just oil. It's oil that they, they, they told them okay, there are spices, there are specific things that must be inside the oil that have to be mixed in certain proportion with wisdom, right? It's a skilled work. And that thing, the oil plus the substances in it, are what make up the anointing. That's the way it is with Christ. So when I'm saying seduction, the spirit, I'm talking about just maybe a feeling. That wow, the way you feel about Christ. You feel, you like that feeling more than no. It's more than that because the same way the world is more than a feeling to you too. There's something called meaning. Meaning in the world. The kind of life your kids will have. Has a meaning. You can, you can actually... You know, there's a, there's a framework in which you can use to kind of, you know, relate that to things. Praise the Lord. Same, same way it is with Christ, there is something called meaning, but you're, you're, you must be open to the, the world of that, those meaning. Otherwise, those things will not make sense to you. Praise the Lord. So the anointing, the seduction, primarily, is not anchored, there's the feeling you get Maybe through when you're in a moment where there's an inspiration, there's a revelation, or in time of worship, or in time of prayer, or in a meeting, or listening to a message, there's that aspect of it, which in that moment you're like, wow, I just love this thing. This is just, this is nice, beautiful. You enjoy the spirit. There's that aspect of it, but that is not the core of the seductive power of 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 Christ. The main anchor of Christ's seduction is a whole economy of meaning. When you feel anointed and when you don't feel anointed, that one doesn't go away. It's like a wall you are seeing. Like someone coming to tell you that. You see this whole wall? It doesn't exist. It's not here. Actually, there's nothing called wall. It's just a concept. This wall is right there. You can go and touch it. I get what I'm saying. No, there's no there's no nation called Canada. It's just a conceptual something that's uh, a lie. Why? Because I mean, where do you even begin to even explain that? Because of how deep the the are you getting what I'm trying to say? When you say, okay, the stock market does not exist. Maybe to some, that might be a bit too abstract. Maybe some of us can might even believe that. But for someone who trades with the market every day, you've got some money, you, you've lost money. You've got... You get what I'm saying? It's a real thing. So you see, that, that concept of realness is what makes it that when they talk to you about something that affects that world, you move. Because you know I mean? if you're not If you're not careful, some things can change here that can change your life that can affect your life because of you, you perceive that thing as being real. You get what I'm saying? That's the anchor of the seduction. The anchor of the seduction of the world is how deep they've convinced men that all these things is what you live in is all about. That is the strength behind the pool when things happen in the, in the world. And what I'm telling you is that the purpose of the ministry of revelation is they want to open up and show you another world entirely. That the more that world begins to form on the inside of you, the more entrenched that realm is as a reality to your soul, then the more difficult it is for anybody to come out and tell you, there's nothing called Christ and all that. Just go to heaven. No. You will move very far beyond that. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So this thing called spirit is a walk. They are laying it. They are laying precept upon precept. Precept. After a while, the realm of the spirit becomes so, so real to you that nothing in this world can seduce you out of it. Praise God. Our Father, we thank you today. We bless your name. Thank you for your word. Thank you for insight. Thank you for truth. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you because there is a release now, not just of the thoughts of these things, but Father, the power that's required to make it rooted deep in our soul, to bring about the establishment of the conviction Lord, that it takes. Thank you, Lord, because of the unction of the Spirit. Thank you for the holy anointing. Thank you, Father, because for everyone under the sound of my voice will begin to have greater breakthroughs into establishment in the realm of the Spirit. Father, I thank you because right now Pools have been broken. Seduction is been is weakened. Father, thank you because as this word goes forth, I believe and in your name, Jesus, that battles are being won. Battles that have to do with our commitment to things, commitment to the present. But Father, I, I, I pray, oh God, the result of this will be a greater anchor on things to come. Amen. I will begin to look up. At things that are spiritual, not on things that are carnal. Thank you, our Father. I ask for any person who is asking, Lord, for help, for strength, for mercy, for grace. I ask there will be a release to such hearts. Thank you, our Father. We will begin to enjoy the realm of the Spirit. We will begin to enjoy the world of the Spirit. I pray our hearts will be baptized deep, oh God, into this reality. And nothing will take it from us. Nothing will steal it from us. Thank you, our God. We give all the glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. God you bless you. You dwell
0: between the cherubim. Shine forth.
1: You dwell between
0: the cherubim. Shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim. Shine forth we